This week's episode is dedicated to the memories of Tom Billington, the Dynamite Kid, and Larry, the Axe Hennig, who both passed away this week. Essentially the same unappreciative crowd full of scumbags from last night. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. My name is Sean, coming to you from London, Ontario, Canada. Be sure to join us on our Scumbags Wrestling page on Facebook, over on Twitter, where you can be found at Scumbags Canada, and on Instagram at Scumbags Wrestling. If you'd like to share anything or join us, you can always send me an email at scumbagswrestling at gmail.com. Whether you're listening to us today on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, or Google Podcast, you can always like and share our podcast to grow our audience bigger and better. In the new year, I'm looking to expand the podcast, and you can be a part of that too. If you have ideas or suggestions, or would like your own segment, please send me an email at scumbagswrestling at gmail.com. If you're a wrestling promoter and would love to have your organization spotlighted in our indie scene please send me a message and we'd love to add you to it on this week's episode we'll give the results from last weekend's control alt delete when smash wrestling was here in london ontario we'll also look forward to more action from smash leading into the new year including a huge announcement that was made here in london last sunday From there, we'll cover some wrestling news and even reviews of what's going on in the WWE and leading up to WWE TLC, which happens next weekend on the WWE Network. We'll be right back after these few short messages. Coming April 26th to the 28th at the Ramada Inn, London, Ontario, it's Shockstock. Shockstock is London, Ontario's premier annual horror and subculture convention. Each year we bring, for a few short days, the real deal in sleaze, horror, and exploitation with celebrities, events, and vendors who know what the fans want. No insane lineups, no curfews, no problem. Enjoy jam-packed vendor rooms, a full weekend-long film festival with awards and fully stocked bar and lounge with nighttime events on site and more. Submit your film via Film Freeway at filmfreeway.com shockstock. Presented by London's own Sultans of Slime, Vagrancy Films, The Grim Brothers Entertainment, in association with Fangora, Raven Banner, and of course, Bob's Ultimate Meats. Want to be a wrestler? The time is now to join the Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory. The first class is going to graduate in October, and it's going to leave a lot of open space. Learn from one of Canada's best wrestlers and trainers around. 
Tyson has been wrestling since 1997 and has wrestled for Blood, Sweat, and Years, Border City Wrestling, Ring of Honor, Impact Wrestling, WWE, was part of the first Cruiserweight Classic and one of the longest reigning champions for Smash Wrestling. Tyson just recently spent a week in Florida as a guest trainer at the WWE Performance Center. The Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory is located at 309 Exeter Road in London, Ontario and is open every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday evening from 6 p.m. to 8.30. Find out why Tyson is one of the pillars of Smash Wrestling. The Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory teaching the new generation of hopefuls into superstars. Yo, this is Tarek. You listen to Scumbags of Wrestling. Punch, kick, chop, done. And now for your Smash Wrestling Report, brought to you by Heatwave Hot Sauce Expo, March 2nd, 2019, at Centennial Hall here in London, Ontario. This past Sunday, Smash Wrestling presented Control Alt Delete from the London Music Hall. This was a taping for the Fight Network, set to be shown starting December 27th at 8:30. In the pre-show dark match, there was a fast-paced six-man scramble match featuring six students from the Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory. Alec Realm, Chris Mitchells, Colt Bowman, Kyle Boone, Fireball Jordan James, and the debut of Josh Pine. In the end, Fireball Jordan James ended up getting the victory. This match was spectacular, and as I've said many times before involving these guys from the Wrestling Factory, they are like sponges and soaking up all the knowledge that Tyson Dukes has to offer. Recently, they've graduated from their classes to go to their matches along the way. I highly recommend, if you ever get a chance to see anybody that has wrestled from the Factory, Please do so, because these guys are going to blow your mind with how well they have learned over this past year. I hope to stop by the Wrestling Factory and see Tyson and his students over the next couple of weeks and bring you back with some more interviews from the students so you get to know them before you get to see them. The first match on the main card featured Santa Puff with his whole video with reindeer and everything coming out just in a big red suit with white trim and he was dancing his way to the ring to Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You. He took on Dylan Andrews who wanted revenge for the last time they were here in London when his trusty sidekick turned out to be Puff and didn't really go along with what Dylan Andrews wanted to do dastardly in the match. The superhero from Dylanopolis was not enough to take down the holiday cheer of Santa Puff, who picked up the victory. Puff then danced his way back to the locker room to the sounds of Mariah Carey and wished everybody a Merry Christmas. Psycho Mike's conscience and his mother's voice were present for the triple threat match featuring Violet Lee, Psycho Mike, and Jody Threat. The women were able to take advantage of Psycho Mike when he was in conflict with himself of whether or not to hit them or not, but in the end... Mike listened to the other voice 
and ended up hitting violently with a chair and scored the victory. Jim Strider made his singles match debut after graduating from the Wrestle Factory to face Cody Diener. Strider was very impressive and got a lot of offense in, but it wasn't enough to get the upset victory over veteran Cody Diener. Match number two in the Sebastian Suave and Daniel Garcia Best of Five series was a hard-hitting match that looked more like a fight than an actually wrestling match. Sebastian had come out with Anthony Kingdom James and was carrying his titles from Barry and FLQ. During the match, it appeared as though Garcia had injured his right ankle and Anthony Kingdom James had gotten the referee's distraction while holding one of Sebastian's titles, but he left the other one in the corner, allowing Sebastian to grab it and hit Garcia with it to score the three count and go up two falls to nothing. The Pillars, Tyson Dukes and Brent Banks, retained their Smash Wrestling tag team titles over Halal Beefcake and Fight or Flight. If you blinked at all during this adrenaline-filled, high-paced match, you were bound to have missed something. Fight or Flight were very impressive in their London debut. There's a bright future ahead for these two, either in tag team or singles action. Tarek defended his Smash Wrestling Championship against Kevin Bennett, who had earned his spot after winning the Rec Room Rumble. Bennett brought his best showing that I've seen to date in this great match. Bennett has had more confidence since reforming the KBE with Halal Beefcake. Beefcake did come down to the ring to help Kevin win, but didn't help because Banks and Dukes came down to even the odds, and Tarek did get the victory. All six men will face off next weekend in Toronto during the In Your Dreams show. Sadly, earlier in the evening, James had announced that Kevin Blackwood had been held up at the border and was refused entry into Canada. Blackwood was not going to be able to have his scheduled keyboards match against Scotty O'Shea. Hacker took credit for Blackwood having issues with his paperwork, but Kevin Blackwood had sent a video message apologizing for not being able to make it to London for the show. However, in his place would be the returning Carter Mason. While that match did not have the intensity and history of a Blackwood-O'Shea match, it was still a great match featuring keyboards, staple guns, and thumbtacks. This was Mason's first match back after being away for eight months. In the end, O'Shea was too much for Mason, and O'Shea picked up the victory. With a little help and interference from Anthony Gaines, Do you like things a little hot and spicy? Well, come to the first annual Heat Wave Hot Sauce Expo, March 2nd, 2019, at Centennial Hall. Heat Wave Hot Sauce Expo is southwestern Ontario's home of heat. Enjoy your sauce and spicy food from over 40 international producers. All vendors are providing free samples of their sauces on nachos or pretzels, or you can Buy some meaty chicken wings at the show and spice them up however you'd like with hundreds of choices available from our vendors. Fans attending get a totally unique experience with an 80s theme motif and atmosphere on the show floor. The event will be licensed with craft beers and spirits available for consumption to pair with your perfect sauce. As well, live podcasts, 
demonstrations, and competitions for those who wish to test their limits will take place on the heatwave stage. For fans of Spice or those just seeking an afternoon of heat, Heatwave is your place to go. Heatwave takes place Saturday, March 2nd at Centennial Hall in London, Ontario, Canada. Tickets available right now. Hey, it's Jody Thread, and you're listening to Scumbag Podcast. And now, your Smash Wrestling calendar. Next week, December 16th, Smash Wrestling presents In Your Dreams from the Frank Horner Community Center in Toronto. This will be the final taping for the Fight Network to be shown in early January. Unfortunately, due to PCO signing a contract with Ring of Honor, he will no longer be able to fulfill his outside bookings. However, as a result, Holden Albright will get to realize one of his dreams by stepping into the ring and going one-on-one with Jimmy Havoc in a hardcore match. With Holden Albright moving into that match, that left an opening for the Fatal 4-Way. Jim Strider has stepped up to take that spot, and he will join Puff, John Greed, and The Muscle in that Fatal 4-Way. Psycho Mike Rollins takes on Japanese legend Kikutaro. Jody Threat faces off with Casey Spinelli. Carter Mason will go one-on-one with Jason Kincaid. Tyler Bateman makes his way to Canada to team with Pepper Parks and Andy Williams as two butchers and a blade face off against Killscreen. The Pillars, Tyson Dukes, Brent Banks, and Tarek face off against Kevin Bennett's experience of Kevin Bennett and Halal Beefcake. Plus, match number three in the best of five series between Sebastian Suave and Daniel Garcia. Garcia needs to win to get the match to go to number four or Suave can sweep the series and prove that Garcia isn't ready to take his spot. All this happens next Sunday, December 16th, at the Frank Horner Community Center in Toronto, Ontario, as Smash Wrestling presents In Your Dreams, a taping for the Fight Network. If you thought things were amazing in 2018, just wait until 2019, because Smash isn't going to slow down at all. Already scheduled is Heavy as the Head on January 11th at the Taste of the Tannery in Kitchener, Ontario. Scheduled to appear are Psycho Mike Rollins, Scotty O'Shea, Tyson Dukes, Brent Banks, Matt Cross, Kevin Bennett, Jody Threat, and Tarek, plus many more still to be announced. Then, one of the most anticipated dates on the Smash Wrestling calendar, any given Sunday 7 at the Phoenix Concert Theater on Sunday, January 27th at 2 p.m. And if that wasn't enough, fans were blown away last Sunday at Control-Alt-Delete as it was announced that Smash Wrestling and Impact Wrestling would go together for a co-promotional event called Brace for Impact on Saturday, February 2nd at the London Music Hall. Already signed to appear are... Impact Wrestling Champion Johnny Impact, Ali, Kevin Blackwood, Casey Spinelli, Tyson Dukes, Tarek, Brent Banks, Sebastian Suave, and Scotty O'Shea. This will be broadcast live on Twitch. Once again, that is February 2nd. Brace for Impact, right here in London. Tickets are on sale now. 
Tyson Dukes is currently one half of the Smash Wrestling Tag Team Champions and one of the pillars of wrestling in Ontario. He's had a very impressive career over the past two decades, and it's only natural that aspiring wrestlers would want to learn from a veteran of his caliber. Since October 2017, Tyson opened up the Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory here in London, Ontario. Students learned all aspects of wrestling. The first graduates like Jim Strider, Violet Lee, and Jordan James are making their names for themselves on the indie scene. Whether you're a student or a supporter, you can now be a part of the club and purchase your own beautiful zip-up hoodie. They're just $40 up to extra large and $45 for larger sizes. Contact Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory directly on Facebook to order yours today. As mentioned at the top of the show, this past Wednesday morning, it was announced that Tom Billington, known as the Dynamite Kid, had passed away on his 60th birthday. He was one half of the British Bulldogs with his cousin, Davy Boy Smith. He started wrestling in 1975 for Max Crabtree in England and moved to Calgary in 1978, where he'd meet up with the Hart family and started working for Stampede Wrestling. He worked in New Japan from 1980 to 1984 and had legendary matches with Tiger Mask. In late 84, Dynamite would debut in the WWE with Bret Hart, but would eventually form the British Bulldogs with his cousin Davy Boy to feud with the Hart Foundation. They would go on to defeat the dream team of Greg the Hammer Valentine and Brutus Beefcake at WrestleMania 2 with Captain Lou and Ozzy Osbourne in their corner. But due to injury, he had to drop the titles to the Bulldogs. After a dispute with WDE, they would end up leaving in 1988 after the Survivor Series and he returned to Stampede Wrestling, where he ended up feuding with Johnny Smith and Davy Boy Smith. Billington would eventually retire in 1991, but come back and forth in between until October of 96, when he had his last match. After that, he suffered a lot of different ailments due to steroid use and drug use, and all the diving headbutts that he did, would cause him to have issues with needing a wheelchair. It just been recently reported that Dynamite had suffered a stroke and now had passed away at the age of 60. Then, this past Thursday, it was announced that wrestling legend Larry the X Hennig had passed away at the age of 82. Larry was the father of Mr. Perfect Kurt Hennig and is the grandfather to Joe Hennig, known as WD's Curtis Axel, and Ms. Perfect, Amy Hennig. Larry had worked for the AWA, the NWA, and for Vince Sr. in the WWWF. Larry began wrestling in 1956 and would retire in 1985 after a tag team feud with the Road Warriors, while teaming with his son, Kurt. They would eventually win the NWA Pacific Northwest tag titles before he would retire. Our condolences go out to both families at this time of loss. This past Wednesday, there was a press conference from the XFL. They'll be debuting in 2020, but this press conference was to announce the eight cities 
that were going to be hosting the first eight teams in this inaugural reboot. Those cities are St. Louis, Tampa Bay, Dallas, Houston, Seattle, New York, Los Angeles, and Washington, D.C. It's kind of interesting that all these cities, except for St. Louis, who just recently lost an NFL team, all have NFL teams in their towns, and Vince is blatantly going in there as a secondary football organization in those towns that have established teams and football fans. Hopefully, they learn from their mistake the last time and don't want to compete with the NFL and actually want to present themselves as an alternative for people to watch because that was their mistake the last time was they wanted to be competitors with the NFL. And the NFL has way too much history to be able to do that with. And if you go in there insulting their fans and everything like they did the last time, they're going to just get turned off. But if this is a proper reboot of the the XFL, they're going to have a better shot. They're taking their time to establish what they need. Probably the next thing will be trying to find players and get everything in place for team names and colors. But they have still until 2020 before they're going to launch. In that time, there's a couple other organizations launching in the United States for different football leagues. If they don't do it right, they'll be able to see what they did wrong before doing it themselves. So this could be a good thing, could be a bad thing, because if those other leagues are successful, it's going to make it harder to find players for the XFL. Only time will tell. Still at least one season away before that happens. But those are the eight teams that are going to be Part of it, and Vince McMahon is all in financially as he sold off some more WD stock to get like $20 million more that he's probably investing into Alpha. So financially, he's definitely going to be invested in wanting to make this last more than just one season like the last time. Hello. Do you or someone you know have a business that you'd love to have advertised here on our podcast? Well, give me a shout at our email address, scumbagswrestling at gmail.com, and let us know how we can help you advertise to the listeners of this podcast. We'll give your business a shout out, including information on how people can reach out to you and information on your services. Are you looking for your own Scumbags Wrestling t-shirt so you can show off your Scumbags pride at your next local independent wrestling event? Well, I got the answer for you. You can go check out my friend Daryl over at Twisted Tees. He produces high-quality t-shirts with the most amazing up-to-date technology for printing shirts. And for just $25, you can get your own shirt. Whether it's a parody logo of Superstars of Wrestling, Raw's War, the Survivor Series, a design inspired by Brock Lesnar's Suplex City, or the All In event, you can go check out Daryl and get your own shirt. You can be found at twistedteesmerch.com. Show your pride today. Order a t shirt 
and stand out above the crowd. My name is The Muscle, Smash Wrestling's hottest free agent. I toss bodies and wheel hotties, and you're listening to the Scumbags of Wrestling podcast. And now, the news from around the wrestling world. It looks like Impact Wrestling will be staying on Pop TV in the United States until they can at least come to terms with a new network in the U.S. As reported before, there's been talks between Sci-Fi, WGN, and a few other networks in the U.S. But, I guess until then, they'll remain on a week-to-week basis on Pop until they can get a new deal. It was just announced that all the VIP seats have been sold out for Brace for Impact here in London, and as a result, added to the card is Sammy Callahan representing Impact Wrestling. But before they make their way here to London, on January 6th, Impact Wrestling presents its next pay-per-view as they return to Nashville for a homecoming. Some of the results could have an influence on what we see on our show as Smash and Impact team together for their Twitch special. Just like with Bound for Glory and Slammiversary, we're going to cover homecoming on the podcast. Currently, there's five matches scheduled for Impact Homecoming happening in Nashville, Tennessee at the Asylum. Abyss will take on Eli Drink in a Monsters Ball match. LAX will defend the Impact Tag Team titles against the Lucha Brothers. Jake Kreese, Ethan Page, Trey Miguel, and Rich Swan will battle in an Ultimate X match for the vacant X Division Championship. Tessa Blanchard will face off against Taya Valkyrie for the Impact Wrestling Knockouts Championship with Gail Kim serving as the guest referee. Plus, Brian Cage traded in his X Division title for a shot at Johnny Impact and the Impact World Championship for the main event of Homecoming. More matches should be announced in the coming weeks. This past Monday saw the lowest ratings ever for Monday Night Raw in their 25 years of existence. While this is usually a downtime for the WWE right before the Royal Rumble and the road to WrestleMania 35, the low ratings could be due to the fans tuning out after the episode that they were given the week prior. I will say that last Monday was much better than the week before, especially without having as much Baron Corbin on there and no more urine jokes going on, especially considering what was happening with Bobby Roode and Drake Maverick. There are reports that the last two weeks have been quickly rewritten by Vince McMahon himself, and it's been more of his thoughts than the creative process that has been hired to do what has been failing, mind you, but Vince's vision doesn't seem to be doing even any better than what the creative team has. Are the poor ratings due to the time of the year? All the major talent being out with injury or illness, in the case of Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman? Is it due to Vince taking the pen and rewriting things himself? Are you still watching Monday Night Raw? Or are you just waiting for reports like mine or anywhere else on the website Is it truly as bad as people are thinking, or is it just a case of everybody 
hearing one person say it's bad and following that lead. If it is, how would you fix it? Send me a message over on our Facebook page or an email. Maybe we can have a panel discussing this uh, roundtable. You might be seeing Roman Reigns return to WWE TV soon. Roman made an appearance during the Tribute to the Troops taping last Tuesday in Fort Hood. The show is set to be shown on December 20th. It'll be interesting to see if he'll be shown or not during that broadcast, or only for the people who were in attendance. Alexa Bliss could be soon cleared for in-ring action, as she's recently been taking bumps at the WD Performance Center. She's been monitored by WD doctors in anticipation of being given the green light to return. In the meantime, that's why she's the sort of GM for the women over on Raw, just to make sure she's still on TV and she can recover from the two concussions she suffered recently. In the same line of concussions was Becky Lynch, who is still in question for her triple threat match at TLC in, against Charlotte and Asuka. While she's been cleared from her concussion during impact testing, she has yet to be cleared for her nose uh, being broken. It's hopeful that within the next few days before next weekend for the TLC pay-per-view that she will receive that clearance to participate. As noted the other day, she didn't take any bumps and it was left to Asuka and Charlotte to do the tag team match. WWE just finished having tryouts in Chile with workouts and clinics. Their next one is set for India in Mumbai in March. This looks to continue Triple H's plan for the NXT local globalization plan that he has with having NXTs in various sections of the world. We already see the one in the United States, which is pretty much North America because Canadians are there. We got the new approaches with the UK, and there's rumor that there's going to be also Japan coming up soon. Plus, as I just saw, Chile and Mumbai and India could be other destinations along with Australia to have NXTs. WWE is looking to gobble up more indie talent in 2019. One of the main names being sought after is the current IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion, Koshida. His time with New Japan is coming up soon, and he's defending the title at the Wrestle Kingdom. When his contract runs out in January, there is a possibility he could sign with WWE. The finals of the Mixed Match Challenge are set to happen at TLC, with the semifinals happening this Tuesday. It looks like the finals might come down to the two teams that had struggled to win a single match until the elimination started, as R-Truth and Carmella and Jinder and Alicia could be in the finals since their opponents this week are already involved in other matches at the TLC pay-per-view. So it's hard to believe that they would have either Asuka or Finn Balor do double duty that night. As of note, the winners of the Mixed Match Challenge will get a trip, which hopefully will be filmed somehow on a WWE Network special, or it's kind of useless to even announce having that as a prize, plus the number 30 spot for their representative Royal Rumbles.
There's talk of a possible revival of the King of the Ring pay-per-view being rebranded as the Queen of the Ring as another all-women's event happening in 2019. The Evolution pay-per-view, while originally announced, seemed kind of weak, did produce rather well, and they had a hot crowd, so it looks like WD will probably do another all-women's event in 2019. If, in fact, there is a Queen of the Ring pay-per-view introduced to the WD network during 2019, it'd be nice to have a match in between the rounds featuring a revival of the WD Women's Tag Team titles. In recent weeks, Sasha and Bailey have been put into these horrible segments on Raw involving Q&As, but they did have a comment once again mentioning about the WWE Women's Tag Team titles and wanting to be the first ever champions. So, hopefully, after TLC, there'll be some sort of announcement and a tournament will be set up with it culminating either at the Royal Rumble or WrestleMania. However, before we even get to the Royal Rumble, there's still the TLC pay-per-view coming up next week on December 16th. It's very interesting to see that after last month, Raw dominating SmackDown with a 6-0 victory on the main show and being looking like the superior brand, they're actually having worse shows than SmackDown are, and the matches being most anticipated for on the TLC pay-per-view are actually the SmackDown matches. And looking at the card, there's only three SmackDown matches and six Raw matches. For one of their B pay-per-views, it is a very stacked show at the moment with a lot of matches that may or may not last a very long time. As of this recording, the current schedule for the TLC pay-per-view is the finals for the Mixed Match Challenge, Seth Rollins defending the Intercontinental title against Dean Ambrose, Braun Strowman facing against Baron Corbin. If Strowman wins, he gets a title shot against Brock Lesnar at the Royal Rumble, but if Corbin wins, he'll become the full-time general manager. Of course, all this is dependent on whether Braun Strowman gets cleared to enter the ring on the 16th or if he's still going to be on the shelf from his elbow surgery. Finn Balor will face off against Drew McIntyre. Elias takes on Bobby Lashley. Natalia faces Ruby Riot in a tables match that got set up this past week. And Ronda Rousey faces Nia Jax for the Raw Women's Championship, as Nia won that opportunity at Evolution. The SmackDown side of things for the card consists of The Bar defending the SmackDown Tag Team titles against The Usos and New Day. Becky Lynch defends her SmackDown Women's Championship in the first ever Women's TLC match against Charlotte and Asuka. And Daniel Bryan defends the WWE Championship against AJ Styles. I don't know how they're going to get all that to fit into a B pay-per-view amount of time. I'm guessing a few of those matches might be moved to the pre-show. More than likely, the tag team title matches, because the Usos never seem to be on the main card. But all that happens next Sunday on the WWE Network. (laughs) 
Canada's original and best horror weekend, Shockstock, the all-nighter freighter, comes to London Ramada in April 26th to the 28th. Already announced for the event is Sleazy P. Martini of Guar, and he's coming to Shockstock 2019. So you want to meet the manager with the mostest? You're going to get your wish. The Art of Clown, David Howard Thorne, makes his way to Shockstock. Don't you dare miss it. April 26th to the 28th, 2019, London, Ontario, the Inn. It's Shockstock. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Brent Money Banks, and you are listening to Scumbags of Wrestling. Scumbags is money. I'd like to thank you once again for joining me on this week's edition of the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe to us, whether you're listening to us on Stitcher, iTunes, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. And also look for us on Facebook with the Scumbags Wrestling and over on Twitter at Scumbags Canada. You can always email me with suggestions for the show or to be a part of it by sending an email to scumbagswrestling at gmail.com. Until next time, have a great week, and we'll see you next time. Granted, I understand it's essentially the same unappreciative crowd full of scumbags from last night. Can't have-